0: All right. Well, good morning to everyone. Good to see you all here. Um, the sermon for today comes under the title, if you will, of Keep On Keeping On, Come What May. Keep on keeping on, come what may. In the opening there, words that I spoke from that letter of St. Paul to, the, um, to Timothy could benefit perhaps from a a more literal translation because the words inspired by God can also be translated as God-breathed. In a sense, Scripture comes straight from the mouth of God through the Holy Spirit. Hold that image of the Scripture being God-breathed. From Genesis to Revelation, God speaks to us through his true and lively word. And those of us who are engaging in, in the Bible challenges, this journey through God's scripture from Genesis to Revelation throughout the year, can keep that in mind as we encounter God's grand narrative of salvation and redemption, this time with the God-breathed scriptures. And Today, scriptures... Especially the passage from Jeremiah and the parable from Luke's gospel invites us to consider the prayerful relationship, our prayerful relationship between God and ourselves. We read that the ancient Israelites were promised a new covenant, this one written on their hearts and not on tablets of stone. And yet, part of the old covenant remained in God's enduring promise. I will be their God and they will be my people. This passage, that particular passage is found throughout the Hebrew scriptures and in the New Testament. It is almost as if we need to be continually reminded that through all things, God remains in relationship not only with the Hebrew children, but also with us, for we, too, are God's people. We hear echoes of this covenant in God's promise to Abraham and in the words that are given to Moses. It is the divine and blessed assurance that is found in the New Jerusalem that Saint John the Divine describes in the book of Revelation. I will be their God and they will be my people. I will be in a relationship whose main line is communication. His main line of communication is prayer. Our catechism tells us that prayer is nothing more than responding to God by thought and by deeds, with or without words. Almost echoing that um, Phrase that is attributed to, uh, I think it is St. Francis, right? Pray always, proclaim the gospel always, and if necessary, use words. You also might recall the the collect from uh, two weeks ago that opened with these words, Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray. And yet we have before us today a a parable that is exhorting us to pray always and to not lose heart or to grow weary. It is a curious tale that might upend some of our preconceptions about helpless widows struggling on the margins of society. We could just as well call it the parable of the feisty, pugilistic widow, and the weary judge who doesn't want a black eye. I say that because the word that is translated as justice can also mean vengeance, to strike under the eye. The Jewish scholar Amy Jill Levine notes that the widow is not interested in coming to terms quickly with her opponent, but in punishing him. In this story, prayer is relentless. It will not be silenced until it is answered. But in its purest sense, prayer is not a transactional activity initiated by us to get something from God. It is rather our response to God, who, to quote our collect, is more ready to listen than we are to pray. God is always calling to us to pray without ceasing. It's to live in full communion with God and with an acute awareness of God's presence. It is to live in hope and faith despite the disappointments and heartaches that may lead us to believe that God does not hear. We can run the risk of giving up because we, we crave a response. We crave some consolation, some acknowledgement Absent that, we may throw up our hands and say, well, what's the point? What's the point? Yet we are told to pray always, to not lose heart, to keep on keeping on, come what may. We are urged to stay in relationship with God whether or not we get what we want, because after all, it really isn't so much about us. but we live in the world and we need success stories to help carry us along i came across a beautiful real world example of today's parable that i just must share with you it concerns mother Teresa, the great saint of calcutta the story happened during one of her trips to raise money for her missionary work She had traveled to New York City to meet with some well-heeled business executives. So imagine, if you will, this short, humble Albanian woman in her simple white and blue robe, entering a room full of power brokers who, unbeknownst to her, had already decided that they weren't going to give her a dime. Imagine that. And she's what? 4 feet 11, something like that, coming into this room of power brokers there, who were polite, raised well by their moms and dads. They listened as she described the urgent need for their support. They heard her stories of misery and sorrow, of mercy, and of God's love. They listened, and they said, no. Mother Teresa paused, bowed her head, and said, let us pray. After her prayer, she repeated her request, imploring the executives to help. And again, they listened. And again, they said, no. Undeterred, Mother Teresa paused, bowed her head, and again said, Let us pray. Stop right there, said the executives, and wrote her a check. (laughs) Had their hearts changed? Maybe. Perhaps in shame they confronted in themselves what one of our church fathers described as our stony hardness of heart and littleness of soul. Or perhaps. Like the judge in today's parable, they just wanted to bring this to an end as quickly as possible. Give the lady some money, for heaven's sakes, and be done with it. Some or all of these reactions may be true, but the point is that Mother Teresa did not lose heart at the first snow or the second. Given her tenacity and faith, she might have been prepared to pray all day and into the night. Yes, indeed, brothers and sisters, prayer changes things. Prayer can change hearts, but that is not its sole purpose. In today's parable, the feisty widow keeps coming back with her demand for justice. In the end, she gets what she wants. And, says Jesus, will not God grant justice to his chosen ones? cry to Him day and night? Of course He will. In fact, sometimes our faith story reads like a wondrous tale of call and response, of God calling and humanity responding, of humanity calling and God responding. Back and forth we go through the long arc of history. I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry. That's what God said to Moses, and that is what has been said to countless others. I have heard your cry, and I will come down to your aid. Jesus ends his parable by asking whether or not he will find faith on earth when he returns. And all I can say is that he certainly will if God is true to his word. If God indeed hears and responds as our stories tell us. For didn't we ask him in the collect already this morning? Preserve the works of his mercy was our prayer so that his church may persevere with steadfast faith. And we are included in this prayer, brothers and sisters, because we are his church. We ask for the church to do something. We're merely asking for us to do that thing. Preserve the works of your mercy so that your church may persevere with steadfast faith. And when you return, you will find faith on this earth. We are called to persevere in good times and in bad times. We persevere when God appears to be unresponsive. We persevere when God's promise of justice and mercy breaks into the world with such startling power that we are left astonished and amazed, shouting, Hallelujah! and God be praised. I'm sure Mother Teresa smiled when she left that room in New York York City, smiled and gave thanks to God. In all things, we are called to persevere, to pray and not lose heart, to keep on keeping on, come what may. Now this may seem to be, you know, a bit easier said than done. Pray without ceasing, at all times. But the life of prayer is about awareness, about being in the presence of God. Not necessarily about being in church 24/7, or what my mom used to say, racking up some knee time. It is about, as I say, being aware of God's presence. How? You might ask, what what can I do? You could recite a song. Blessed be God Almighty, may my soul bless him. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name we give glory, for the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. That's how. Or to sing your favorite hymn, we're told that the one who sings prays twice. Or you could say the Jesus prayer, that great gift from the ancient tradition. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Simple as that. Persevere. Pray without ceasing. Keep on keeping on. Come what may. Imagine what would have happened if folks had said, well, forget it. I'm just not going to keep on praying. I'm not going to continue to bring my prayers and my petitions before God. Imagine what the world would be like. If that were to happen. Imagine your own lives if that were to happen. No, we continue to respond to God's unceasing call to give of ourselves and to be in relationship with Him and with each other, with His people in church and outside of church. For we, all of us, are his people, and he is our God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.